Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. of relationship issues and disagreements are something that can never actually be solved. They instead need to learn how to be tolerated. Now, while that stat specifically has been researched to apply to marriage disagreements and situations, I fundamentally believe that this could be extrapolated into all of the relationships that we have in our lives, even the ones that we don't necessarily have with our best friend, but maybe what we're seeing happening right now in our world and in society. There's a lot of disagreement. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of just division among humans. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about what we can do when we disagree with someone else so that we can show up as our best selves, but even more importantly, so that we can show the other person that we still care about them, even if they're a stranger, that we can show that we have a love for humanity towards others that we don't agree with and how to move forward in a way that helps us to feel confident in ourselves, but also to best leave that relationship with the other person in a way that is better than when it started. Man, if all of us would have our conversations in real life and on social media with the mindset of, I want to leave this person better than when I found them, wouldn't our world be a different place? The caveat to that is making sure that we don't believe that the other person is better only when they agree with us. Mm, Mother Teresa, I love how she said it when she said, I don't want anyone to leave me until they are happier and better and a better version of themselves than when they first came to me. That's a paraphrase. It's not exactly how she said it, but the sentiment behind it is the same. Mother Teresa, one of my, one of my favorite people. I love just studying her journals and, and the work that she did in India, but her heart behind it was, I want people to find joy. And that is how she approached her conversation. This is about what we can do now to start having better conversations, even when we disagree with others in our lives. Let's dive in. Physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. These are the four areas of attraction, or as us insiders like to call it, the pies. Join me, Kimberly Beam Holmes, as we speak with other experts around the world on how to become the most attractive that you can be. Create confidence and find happiness. We will teach you how. It starts with attraction and it starts now. People ask me all the time, Kimberly, which area of my pies should I focus on first? And the answer to that question is the one where you need to see the most growth. That is why I have created an attraction assessment. This free assessment is designed to help you learn what areas of attraction you should be working and focusing on first. This will be the foundation of your journey to becoming a more attractive person to your spouse, to your friends and family, but most of all, 
to yourself. Click the link in the show notes to take the free assessment today. According to Dr. John Gottman, 69% of marital disagreements are what he calls perpetual problems. These are things that can never actually be agreed on by both parties. And that tends to be what couples continue to fight about, these perpetual problems. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. The other category of fights that many people have would be called solvable problems. These are things that actually, yes, you can come to an agreement, or even not, even if it's not an agreement, you can at least come to a decision, a compromise where both of you feel good about moving forward. Now, I'm not just talking about this in how it works in marriages, although it absolutely can and should be applied to your marriages. But I believe what we can learn from how to move forward in disagreements can be applied and should be applied to every relationship we have in our lives, even with the cashier at the grocery store. Because ultimately, I know I want to be the kind of person that just exudes love towards others, that when they are around me, They enjoy the way that I make them feel. That's the emotional part of attraction that we're talking about. And how many of us know someone where we just don't want to be around them because of how disagreeable they are, how they are always looking to either prove themselves right, to show that they're right, to show you or other people that they are wrong. Even if you're not around them and you see that presence that they give on social media, Oh, it can be very off-putting. So part of this episode is going to be a self-reflection for me, but also I hope for you as well, where we can really look inwards and ask ourselves, what am I doing that could possibly be perpetuating these problems and making things worse? And what can I do to be a more attractive person, a more emotionally attractive person in my life, in person and online? Okay. Let's dive in. When it comes to what to do when you disagree, I have five points that are incredibly important to understand. I'll give you an example of what this can look like with something that just recently happened with me and my husband, Rob. So we go to a church that recently has been doing a big push on small groups. And they did such a big push on people getting into small groups and encouraging them to do so that all of their groups completely filled up. And they have a wait list of people who want to be in a community with others, but can't because they've run out of leaders. They've run out of small group leaders. And so they were talking about this at church, asking if there was anyone still available to please come talk about being a group leader. And so I turned to Rob and I said, you know what? I want to do it. I I want to lead a group. I want to get involved. I want to serve where is needed. I'm ready to do this. And Rob said to me, I do not. I'm, I don't feel like I'm ready to lead a group. I'm not sure that's something I want to do. And so here we were in, in a in conflict. Now I can lead a group without him, but the need that the church was really talking about more than anything was for married couples with young kids being able to come to someone's house and and have that community. And so I knew that really what they were needing was both of us. However, my husband wasn't wanting to, I was, we were in disagreement. Now, what I want to do, what I wanted to do then was to say, why was to push him on it and say, why is it that actually, I think that's exactly what I did. Why what's going on? What is the reason behind why you don't want to lead a small group? And that just led him to shut down 
even more because he wasn't ready to talk about it. All he knew at that point was he didn't want to lead a small group and he didn't want to feel like I was trying to pressure him into doing so. Many times in our relationships, we try to get the other person to come to our point of view and our side of the problem instead of seeking to understand their point of view, where they are, and why they believe the way that they do, why they are in the space that they are or have the stance that they have. The first point in what to do when you disagree is number one, more than anything, the most important part of this is seek to understand the other person. Now you may be saying, but you did, you asked him why. That's true, but the way he was hearing it at the time, and probably because of the way I was saying it, because I was very excited, I was something I wanted to do, but the way he heard it at the time was that I was going to pressure him into doing something that maybe he didn't want to do. So actually, in order for me to seek to understand him, I had to give him space. I had to allow him the time to process his own thoughts because another part of this is I'm a super fast processor. I make decisions quickly. I move quick. I, I, that is me. It's part of my personality temperament. My husband is more of a thinker, a processor. He needs time to understand things. So all he knew in that moment was I don't want to do this, but he didn't necessarily know why. And for me to push him on it was not me seeking to understand. That would have been me seeking to get something from him in order to try and get us to do what I wanted to do. And that's not what needed to happen. So instead, what I said to him after he, after he pushed back and said, I don't know why right now, I just know that I'm not ready. I said, and this is taking years of practice. I said, okay, I understand. I would love to know more about that when you're ready to talk about it. And then of course, I encouraged him, both of us to pray about it. And so that's where I left it. And then I said to him, I'm going to continue moving forward in what it looks like for me to be a small group leader, even if that means that I serve in a different way than what they currently need. So I I was I was doing what I want, needed and felt like I should do for me, but I wasn't doing it in a way that was bringing him into it or pushing him into it. I wasn't saying, well, I'm going to lead a small group in our house, whether or not you do. I was being respectful of him and saying, you know what? I understand where you are. I'd love for us to circle back around to this when you feel comfortable. And, and I clearly let him know on the front end, I will be continuing to pursue this, even if that means that it's a group of women that come to our house and I, I lead that small group. So I'm not pushing him, but I am moving forward in what I should do. But the number one thing here, point one, is seek to understand. Seek to understand. Seek to understand. In fact, I feel like if we parked here for the entire episode and just talked about what it looks like to seek to understand another person, that many of us would not move from this spot because this is a struggle. Many times in life, we don't want to seek to understand the other person first. We want to put our point across. We want to get our word in. In fact, one of the first things that I learned when I was in the program for marriage and family therapy for my master's was that the first thing that you do is listen. 
And as the other person is talking to you, you are simply seeking to understand what they're saying, how they're feeling and where they're coming from. You're not formulating your words as they're speaking. You're not trying to think of where the conversation is going to go. You are simply listening. That's exactly what we need to do when we disagree with someone. And this can be hard because many times the person who's disagreeing with us may be the one who is pushy and divisive and defensive. And so it can be difficult to pause and to lean into that and really seek to understand them. There are a lot of examples of this that honestly, I don't even want to give because of how divisively charged the topics are. And I'm sure many of you feel the exact same way. But just think of how many conversations you've seen happen or been a part of in the past year, where someone enters into the conversation saying a very charged very angry, very defensive statement. And all of a sudden, you may feel like if I say anything back, I don't, I I don't know what they're going to do. Or maybe you're so the opposite of exactly what that said that you felt the need to say your side of it. And let me ask you, how did those conversations go? I was at a get together a couple of weeks ago where someone just sitting at the lunch table went into a monologue about their beliefs about certain things that are happening in the world. And I could not in that moment seek to understand. I think this is another important part for us to realize. There may be times where it is so hard for us to lean into whatever that conversation or disagreement is in the moment because of our own history or things that we struggle with, that that leaning into it seems overwhelming. And there are times where the best thing to do before you can seek to understand is take a time out. So a couple of weeks ago, when there was that conversation of someone giving their, their very charged opinion about something... I literally just had to leave the table. I I was not in a space. I mentally could not have leaned in and tried to seek to understand. But the other part of it is I didn't need to. This person wasn't, I wasn't really close to them. It wasn't an issue worth debating. It wasn't a problem that the two of us were going to solve. It was an, it, it was completely a difference of opinion. And so for me to try and lean in and seek to understand there, would have really just given me anxiety. It wouldn't have made the situation better. What actually made the situation better was for me to understand that leaving, not listening to it, and being able to come back and still smile, love on, and be with that person without having to have the anxiety that came along with the conversation was the better thing for me to do. So seeking to understand has some different aspects to it. If it's a relationship or a problem or an issue that you need to dive into, then lean in, seek to understand what's going on. And it may not be in that moment that you lean in and seek to understand. You may need to take a step back, let some breathing room happen and come back to seeking to understand when you have a better, when you can show up better, when you're more grounded, you're more calm, you're not emotionally charged. But the other side of that is maybe you need to seek to understand whether or not you should even lean into the issue. Is this a relationship that's worth it? Is this an issue that's worth leaning into? And if not, then that famous saying applies pick your battles, 
pick the hill you want to die on. And if this isn't it, then it's not worth fighting over. The second point is if this is a person, a relationship, an issue that you do believe you need to work through, you need to work out, then we go back to what I said at the beginning. There are the perpetual problems, and these typically come from personality differences, from lifestyle choices that people have differently, or there can be solvable problems. So here's some examples of that. A perpetual problem, according to Gottman, like I said, these can be lifestyle differences. It can be the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. My husband and I, at the beginning of our marriage, fought a lot, disagreed a lot about what our social life should look like. And the main reason is because he is an introvert and I am an extrovert. I don't know that we totally realized that then. I have another podcast where we talk about what that looks like, being an introvert and an extrovert married to each other and how we learned eventually to compromise. But what we didn't understand then was we're never going to totally agree on this because we're two different people. We are wired different ways. And that's great. That's okay. Then there are the solvable problems, which are, I need help with the house. I need help picking up the kids from school. We need to make a decision about where to go for Christmas. These don't have to do with personality differences. These have to do with situations that can be solved. Again, both of those things, you may not have two people that 100% disagree as you're trying to find the answer to it, but that kind of gives you an idea of how to lean into it and what you can do in seeking to understand. So seek to understand the other person where they're coming from, but also seek to understand what kind of issue is this? Is this because we have two completely different personalities, preferences, choices, opinions, or is this an issue where really we just need to dig in and figure out what to do? And maybe one or both of us aren't going to love the answer, but we just need to get stuff done. So from there, the second thing is find the common ground. In talking about even just the example I gave when my husband and I, introvert, extrovert, trying to figure out our social life, what we eventually learned to do was how can we find the common ground? How can we find what we both agree on after we seek to understand, after I actually stopped and would listen to my husband and heard what his needs were in needing time alone when he got home from work? I didn't do that for probably a year or two. I would just continue to push. Why don't you want to spend time with me? Why Why do you feel the need to just disconnect and spend an hour alone when you get home from work? Why, why, why? I was just pushing. Oh my gosh, I was pushing so much. And it wasn't until I really stopped and sought to understand what he was feeling, where he was coming from and why he needed that, that then it could help me understand him better I understood what the situation was a little better, and I was better able to help find common ground. So ultimately, what we realized was when he gets home from a stressful day of work, which his work was incredibly stressful, especially when we lived in Korea, then what he needed was that time to decompress so that he could come and spend time with me. It wasn't that he was trying to get away from me, which is the story I was telling myself. It was instead, I need this time so I can come back to our relationship and be my best self. So once we found that common ground, the common ground of we do want to spend time together and we do want to be emotionally filled and bring the best of ourselves when we spend time together, that that helped us 
to be able to move forward in what a solution could be. But before we could do that, we had to find the areas that we agreed. So think about some of the disagreements maybe that you're having with your kids or your spouse or your best friend and ask yourself, where can I find the common ground? After I seek to understand, where can I find what we agree on? Even politically, this is a thing. Instead of pushing what you believe, pushing what you want to happen, fighting about what the quote unquote other side is doing that you don't agree with, how different would it look if you really sought to understand where the other person was coming from, why they held the beliefs that they have, and then find the common ground. I have two friends who are on very opposite sides politically, but I was able to overhear them have a beautiful conversation on on this exact thing. In America, for those of you who don't live here, we have two major political parties. We have the Republican Party, we have the Democrat Party. And I am not taking a stance on either side. I am simply saying this is the conversation that that I heard. And I actually love what happened. I actually am taking the stance on what ended up happening in the conversation. So my friend who is a Democrat is very pro-social help. My friend on the Republican side, she said, I am just so strong in my stance and in my belief against abortion. I believe in life. And my friend who's on the Democratic side said, I do too. I just don't believe that that care should end at birth. And so they actually agreed way more than they thought that they did. And they were able to have a beautiful conversation of what it looks like to support people in our community when it comes to babies, when it comes to teenagers, when it comes to elderly people, when it comes to all of those things, because they all matter. But here's the other thing. When they sought to understand the other person's point of view, what came out in that conversation was stories, stories of why those specific things mattered to them. My friend on the Democratic side, she is very involved in single moms in poverty areas where she's helping them get food. She's helping them get access to education, helping their kids get access to education. And so this is what she's seeing on a daily basis. And it's what her heart breaks for. Therefore, that informs what she cares about when she votes. And then my other friend has seen what she cares about. She has seen the moms who have struggled with making the decision with, do I have this baby or do I not? And in trying to get what they need in order to make a well-informed decision and in order to, or even to just say, if I carry through with this and end up having this baby and can't take care of it, is that the best option? And so, and so she's charged in that way. And her life experience has led her to believe a certain way and to therefore vote that way. And here, here's the thing. These are both, these are two very political issues. And I understand that. And I hope you hear the truth and the sentiment that I'm sharing in the middle of it, which is we have more in common than we disagree on. If we would just take the time to talk civilly and respectfully to others and find the common ground. When we seek to understand and understand why things matter to people, in the in the intensity that they matter we can find common ground
because that is when empathy occurs. That's when we're able to see the other person as our friend, as another human, and not as an enemy and someone we just disagree with. Seek to understand and find the common ground. Now, as I have said, sometimes at this point, you agree to disagree. Sometimes at this point, there's no way to move forward and have an answer because maybe it's not a problem that needs to be solved. My two friends that were having this conversation, they weren't trying to bring the other one to their side. They simply cared enough about their relationship that they wanted to find common ground and move forward in their relationship together. But there was no problem to solve. The key here is if both people feel accepted and respected for their views, then Sometimes this is as far as it goes. You agree to disagree and you accept, respect, and love each other. And here's what that means. When you accept another person for who they are, what they believe, and all of those things, then that means that you don't try to change them, that you're not continually beating them over the head with your views or trying to berate them or sending them an article every other day that's only shows your viewpoint, it means that you decide to love them as they are. And that's how you accept them. What does it mean to respect someone else? Respecting them means that you don't continue to push your point. You said that kind of sounds like accepting. Well, they're very close. I respect you. And so I'm going to honor your belief as equal to my own. Who? Ooh. That's hard because when someone doesn't agree with you, how can you honor their belief as if it's equal to yours? I'm not asking you to change your beliefs. I'm asking you to simply understand that if you expect and want for them to honor your belief without changing you, then you should give that same respect back to them. Understand that it is as important to them as as it is to you. And the majority of the time, these are not issues that should break apart our relationships. Maybe there are times that you feel like there are issues that are so important to you that you say, I don't know that I can continue this friendship or this relationship with this person if they are going to believe that way. But what I really want you to press in on, and I really want to challenge you on is whether or not that is the right way to view this. So many people are losing relationships and losing friendships and, and isolating to be only around people who think exactly the way they do because we don't know how to accept other people and we don't know how to disagree with respect and move forward and still having a great relationship. So I encourage you that as you're finding the common ground, that you really ask yourself, what is important to you is having great relationships, loving other people even when you may not agree with them and continuing to find the common ground, is that important or is it more important for you to be right? You don't have to choose, but sometimes in our mind, we have to shift and change the way we think about it in order for us to really show up as our best selves in our relationships. And in order for us to be an emotionally attractive individual, sometimes we need to tell ourselves and remind ourselves me being right. And them agreeing with me is not what's most important right now. What's most important is that we figure out a way to find common ground and continue to respect and accept each other in our relationship. Now, sometimes there are things that you can solve. And so the third point I would make here is once you find the common ground, 
then identify the gaps. If this is something solvable, if this is something that you need to find a resolution on. And so going back to the, the one about my husband and I, and the small group, this, this is where we are. We, it is something that needs to be solved, or at least something that we need to make a plan for, because I'm going to be moving forward in it, just like I had told him. So eventually Rob did come back to me. He told me the way he was feeling and why he was feeling that way. We see, we sought to understand each other. We found the common ground and the common ground was that both of us believe in the power of community and we want to be a part of our church community. But for me, it looks different. And for him, it may look different. And so he wants to know more where we got to was actually him saying, you know what? I just, I want to meet with the guy who's over small groups and just tell him some of the fears I have, some of the things I'm thinking and, and go from there. And I said, you know what? That's great. I'm going to meet with him as well, but I'm going to, to move forward in, in, in the small group thing, like I said before. And so that's where the gaps are. The gaps are Rob doesn't know if it's what he wants to do right now. Doesn't know if what it's what he's called to. I feel like it is. And that is okay. We don't have to agree on the next step of action. We don't have to do this together. I would love to, that would be my preference. But if that's not where it is, if that's where the gap is, then number four is how do we compromise? And we can compromise by me saying, I will lead a group this semester and you don't have to be involved and that's okay. You can, you can help me outside of the group, encourage me, support me. I will do the same for you, but we don't have, we can compromise on this. There is a way for both of us to get what we want, but to really understand how both of you can at least get partly of what you want is to know what the gaps are. Another way to say that is to know what his core issue is, to know what my core issue is, what both of us are trying to accomplish. And then from there, seeing how we can work together to compromise in that moment. So to recap so far, what to do when you disagree. Number one, seek to understand. Number two, find the common ground. And with this is once you find that common ground, I mean, honestly, even before, but especially once you find that common ground, accept and respect the other person for where they are, even if they are not treating you the same way back, you can make the decision to be the bigger person. And then from there, if this is a problem that you need to continue to move forward on, and if it's something that needs to be solved, then try to identify the core issues. Try to identify what those gaps are between what the other person wants and what you want. And then number four, find a way to compromise where each of you at least gets part of what you want. That doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want and they're going to get everything they want, but try and find a way to do this together. And here's what's amazing about that. People are so much more likely to want to compromise when they feel like they've been heard. And then number five, the last point is no matter what happens, no matter what the decisions are, what the disagreement is, what the outcome is, please remember you're on the same team. Even if you feel like you're on opposite teams, even if you feel like because of what you've disagreed about, how could you possibly be on the same team with this person? As humans, we're all on the same team. I believe strongly because a lot of it is because of my faith that we are called to love others. In fact, my faith informs me that I am to love those I disagree with, that I'm even more so called to love people 
when it's difficult. Love your enemies. That is what my favorite book says. Love people even when you disagree. Respect and accept them even when you disagree, because that is how I live out my faith. It's hard. It is so hard. I have struggled with this a lot, even this year, because of how prominent all of these difficult conversations are. And I constantly, constantly, constantly have to keep coming back to myself, to my journal, to scripture, and I have to check myself. I have to check myself on my heart, on my intention. I'm constantly, constantly trying to see what I can do to make these situations better. Because a lot of times, while I really want to believe that it's them and the other person that needs to change, and if they would just do this, that, or the other, or if they wouldn't have said this or that, then everything would be better. And it's then that I remind myself, look inward. They're on my team. I care about them as because they breathe. I care about them. If they are a cashier at the grocery store, a barista at my favorite coffee shop, I should care about them. So what can I do to lean into those conversations or maybe leave some of the conversations when, when I know that there's not going to be a good outcome? Because at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. And that is how I want to show up in my life. Remember that people are more likely to fight when they don't feel heard, understood, or accepted. So lean in to trying to show people that you hear them, that you understand them, and that you accept them, even when you may disagree. I hope this episode has been helpful for you. It's been therapeutic for me to just talk through it as it is something I'm currently struggling with and trying to do even better every single day. Here are my key pies takeaways that I have from this episode. Number one is emotional attraction is all about, am I evoking emotions within others that they enjoy feeling? When I disagree, when I fight, when I try and get my way, when I try and push my agenda or my thoughts or my opinions on others, even when I try and push facts on others, if it's coming across in a way that is evoking emotions within them that they do not enjoy feeling, even if that wasn't my intention, then I need to check myself and change the way that I approach it. Number two is to remember when you are in a disagreement with someone, there are five things that you can do. Number one, seek to understand. Number two, find the common ground and it may stop there. But if you're going to keep going, identify the core issues and what the gaps are, learn to compromise. And then for everyone, number five is remember we're on the same team. And then number three is remember this is difficult. This doesn't come easy to any of us. Our, our psychological default is to fight, to get our way and to not be wrong. But we really have to fight against that if we want to have a better society if we want to have better relationships, and if we want to be the best version of ourselves. I'll see you in the next episode. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's show. 
Remember to follow It Starts With Attraction anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. The more positive reviews we get, the more positive change we can make for relationships and for individuals around the world. For show notes, updates, and the opportunity to join our email list for encouraging weekly strategies for you to become the best that you can be in all areas of your pies, go to piesuniversity.com. Again, that is piesuniversity.com. Keep working on your pies and always remember it starts with attraction.